This is the Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. <laughs> this is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> and boy, isn't it great to hear that voice, Norman G. It's been a while. And uh, <laughs> I have a photo for you. Uh, there you go. We are uh, sponsored, as always, by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer who is here today, mm, Mallory Samara. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for those who want to hear your background, we had you at uh, episode 151, which was... No, it wasn't February twenty. No, it was my, that, that date was is it, that date is wrong. Uh, was it's it got 2020? to be. I think it was twenty twenty. Two years ago. On the zooms. Yeah. On Zoom. Mm. Yep. Yep. Oh, Zoom. Oh God. Yeah, it was you and uh, your mom, Marlena. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. But we fi- oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. yeah, that was fun. And we uh, figured that we would do. It was your suggestion to do an end of year. Yay, to talk about, you know, what's happening with us. It's been so long since I've been on, so I'm like, oh my God. What episode number are we right now? This is 200, I can find out right now. Because last I was here was episode 200. Exactly. Last June. And we're at 249. This is 249 right now. Wow. So... It's a low number, but you know uh, we've been busy. And, what do you mean a low number? <laughs> that's pretty steady. I was actually going to say that's not bad. Forty nine yeah. in a year and a half. That's mm-hmm. considering yeah life. Mm-hmm. It's that's yeah. pretty good. So. Yeah, yeah. So and it's pretty cool. I mean, people are using the yay for all sorts of things. People will now email me or text me saying, "Hey, you know, I've got this show or there's this thing that I want to talk about. Can I come on the yay?" Robert Estes, you remember Robert yeah, Estes came on to talk about COVID-19 and mm-hmm. how he felt it was unfair mm-hmm. that um Anton's Well had shut down because of COVID-19, but other companies were like, "The hell with it, we're going to go." Right. Yeah. Regardless of safety issues and things like that. Yeah. So, I'm very proud that uh, the A people are using the A. But how are we doing? I mean, we'll we'll talk about all sorts of stuff. But how have you been? <laughs> oh man, you know, taken one day at a time, mm-hmm. and uh, still working, uh, still have a job. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. <laughs> of course. Which. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Well, we'll. A little spontaneous. Uh, <laughs> is that my intro music, music to talking about my life? <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll censor that off. I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> makes my life sound really exciting. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, come on. Your life is exciting. You know, I I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm good. I'm um, you know, again, taking one day at a time, yeah. spending a lot of time with family the last KCBS is treating you good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I get to edit audio and interview people, and my coworkers are really lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, been recently producing uh, As Prescribed, which is a, sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a weekly mm-hmm. UCSF uh, partnership mm-hmm. uh, medical. Um, podcast it airs at 1 30 every Thursday Um, so yeah I I produce that um, along with our folks at UCSF that's cool yeah so I do that and then um, 
another d- national podcast, which I can talk about now mm-hmm. or later, yeah. um, that we just launched. No longer connect the dots, but sort of the same team. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a completely different subject, but um, oh, yeah, What's yeah. The new subject. It's so the podcast is called "It's Generational," and we Yay. yes, and we bring together. It starts off we we take three topics. This mm-hmm. this first round was about relationships, the workplace, and um, uh, have we, uh, the pitch was, have we bastardized conversations around trauma? Like, what does the word trauma mean? I love that. Mm-hmm. And so we take different, four different generations, people mm-hmm. from four different generations, you yeah. know, boomer, X, mm-hmm. uh, millennial, and Z, mm-hmm. and then we bring them together to talk about these topics. Mm-hmm. And then for, so each of those topics is an episode, and then we bring in a an expert. Yeah. Uh, to sort of give us some context and give us a background or some explanations around those things. It is interesting. We talked about that from a theater perspective. I think we had a conversation about we don't see a lot of tragedy in on the stage. It's usually a comedy or something, or let's say it's a drama from like... Or you know, dramedy. <laughs> yeah, or dramedy or whatever. And I really think that companies just sort of steer away, um, I've noticed from that. And I've even noticed theaters... I mean, well, movie theaters. You mean in the last couple of years? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a thing. I You hear about the Disney Disneyfication the old, of theater. You know, the um, classical yeah. tragedy. Sure. And then you get to that mid-20th century, you mm-hmm. know, death of a salesman, that sort of tragedy. Right, Arthur Miller, yeah. But since the 80s, every time you try to touch on some heavy subject, some critic goes... Oh my God! They're writing this play about it's so political. Mm. It's like, well, okay, so we can't talk about what's going on now, really. Maybe it's because just uh, the last couple of years have been so heavy. It's kind of like, I mean, did you guys listen to Beyonce's album this year? Mm-mm. No, not yet. Renaissance. <laughs> okay, so I, uh, I guess like. When in terms of like albums, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't always loved her full albums. She has some like really okay. good songs. She's a queen, like right. obviously, yeah, right, right, right. like yeah, the nothing wrong with that. that but stuff, yeah. some songs, I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But then some songs, it's like, yeah, she like. But this whole album is just like a nonstop tribute to like house music and drag and ballroom mm-hmm. and like it's just so much fun. And I think it's one of those. Uh, instances or happenings in time where it's like, okay, you guys, like last couple of years have been really dark and heavy. So like, let's just maybe have something fun happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I think maybe people might be just getting tired of yeah. heaviness. Bru- Bruno Mars has been doing that as well. And also, um, what's the dude who, um, oh, shucks. He, he did the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and he, it's like a 80s, it's like a dedicated to the 80s and it's like fun. It's either, um, Bruno Mars is doing a lot of funk. Like with Anderson Pock and Silk Sonic, like that was super goofy and really yeah. fun. And he's a black dude. He has an afro. Weekend. Uh, the weekend. Thank oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's done a he's, touch. He, yeah. he touches on that amazingly. Yeah. yeah that's true. But, but I do think so. I do think that. And even Taylor Swift's latest thing has yeah. been sort of a, not only an homage to the 80s, but also just light, 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 let's have fun, fun, fun. Yeah. And I totally understand that. I do think there are some, like I think of, we talked about Joaquin Phoenix's when he did The Joker and how he won oh, a, uh, oh an Oscar God. for Joker that. Yeah. So there are people who appreciate tragedy 
and focusing on trauma, even in a theatrical or an artistic sense, mm. if they can really dive deep into it and really, yeah. you know, where people can say, yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah. But yeah, people don't want to be bummed out, I guess. But I mean, it. I think, and this isn't theater, but it, I mean, it kind of reads as theater too, but I mean, you've seen everything everywhere all at once, I right? I was hoping yeah. you'd mention that, yes. I mean, it's trauma and like family mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. and it goes down deep but they do it in a way that also makes you feel so light Mm -hmm. but like involved and then i don't know i just thought it was just this like perfect i to me that movie is flawless i walked away so at the grand lake theater with a full house yeah oh my there was a i couldn't stop crying wow Mm -hmm. i cried for like the last half i thought twice and i was just like my face was drenched <laughs> wow I've, yeah. i definitely have to check that out that actress what is her name um michelle you yeah just just mm-hmm. excellent and she's doing such amazing stuff i mean she's you know we she first came you know we first knew about her when she did crouching tiger action, yeah, yeah action the action tiger, thing yeah. and you know she's really shown that an asian actor or actress can do so much more things than the usual trope yeah right so i'm so very proud of her uh she should have won an oscar for you know what she did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to see. But more than that, I, you know, are we just, you know, to bring it back to theater, are yeah. we at, are we seeing the end of theater? Who knows? Mm. I don't think so. Are we seeing the end of movie theaters? Woo. You can definitely make that argument. There have been so many closings. I've closing. been talking about it. I mean, the, the California theater, mm-hmm. the Shattuck, I think the Shattuck theater yep. is closing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Embarcadero. A lot of the tiny independent oh, movies. Oh, going. Yeah, the Embarcadero, which is on like first or second and um, in in San in Francisco, SF, yeah. it's gone. Yeah, and a lot and the Regal has filed for bankruptcy. <clears throat> yeah, throughout yeah. you know, and so I wonder, independent movies, people just aren't going, and they're not. I read an article today well, that you can stream it. Well, yeah, it's sad. It's it's so sad. A genre of people coming to the movie theater. You remember mm-hmm. the first time you went to a movie theater and just your mind was just blown away? I can't remember yeah. the first. It's funny. It might have been something like Bambi, <laughs> which I don't remember at yeah. all, but my mother remembers me because for all the kids that went to see that movie, we yeah. were all traumatized. Traumatized. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bambi died and all that But stuff. I have no memory of any of that. But, yeah. you know, you mentioned it in front of my mom. She's like, oh, yeah, that movie. Well, I remember going to see Titanic three times. Yeah. I think I was 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then I ended up getting the VHS that uh-huh. came with like, what, two, <laughs> two tapes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, long. yeah, that's right. James Cameron, and of course, he's got Avatar 2. I have, I have thoughts about Avatar 2. But I remember Many Ra- people do. I remember mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, yeah. being a young kid at 13, mm-hmm. going in thinking, well, I, mean, I don't think too much about it because there wasn't a lot of hype. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't want to leave the movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the movie can't end why could it end it was so, so epic yeah. there's yeah. so many experiences wrapped around the movie theater yeah. like growing up in Vallejo like in middle school high school into mm-hmm. high school it was usually you know yeah you went with family mm-hmm. but also when you went with your friends and then you'd go to Wendy's after or you'd just right. walk around the right. plaza and yeah. just kind of you know cause chaos or you know whatever it is and mm-hmm. you're just hanging out mm-hmm. and I feel like oh god we just we watched so many movies and I could on any given day go okay where did i watch this movie i don't really remember like mm-hmm. maybe it was in my room mm-hmm. but that it's not 
it, it's just not in, as involved as it is right. going to... I have a lot of stories of going to the movies, mm-hmm. but not a lot of stories of being like, we were on the couch watching Netflix, and then this thing happened. <laughs> Look, yeah. nothing happened. Yeah, right. Nothing I mean, you, happened that day. You consider yourself a millennial, right? Or I am maybe, a millennial. Okay. Yeah, 87. I never, I never the Generation Y, I don't know where the cutoff date is or whatever, but yeah. I'm wondering if the younger generation, because... We, I remember as teenagers, we would, like a bunch of us would say, hey, let's go to the movies. Let's see Fright Night or let's see, mm. I don't know, um, mm-hmm. 86, it was uh, Aliens. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was a group event. Right. Yeah. And I'm not sure if the younger generation gets into that I, anymore. I, I'd be surprised. I think kids' movies still make up a lot of the mm-hmm. blockbuster. Well, kids like, movies. Yeah, yeah, kids' movies. Well, sure, Disney, yeah. But I think but that... But when they're traveling on their own... Right. Are they agreeing to go do that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just it's it is kind of sad, but mm-hmm. I think also I don't know. I think it's so complicated because you also think about like what fuels that want to go to the movies. Yes, there is the, the big screen and the mm-hmm. surround sound, right. but then you also think about buying popcorn yep. and buying food, yep. and yeah. that is all fueled by capitalism that's and like exactly wanting right. to spend right. more and more money. Yeah. So, but then also, Netflix makes so much money. So, yep. like, no matter what, someone's making money mm-hmm. and we're paying for it. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think, around the, the what's happening before and after. Yeah. I wonder about the communal, and I can bring it back into theater, just the idea of community. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going away, whether it be the mall. The mall has mm-hmm. just completely oh. disappeared. No one R.I.P. goes to the mall yeah. anymore. And movie theaters and theater, like we've talked about the exit. I went to the very last day of the mm. exit in San Francisco as it closed down. I put a post up a little um, movie of the woman painting over the exit. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask Aww. if you got to see that. Yeah. Was that Christine? Christine Oren? The, yeah, no. No, um, the woman the woman who owns, who runs, I, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure she is. I don't know her name. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cool because I got to see a couple of friends. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at a poster of The Marriage of Bet and Boo, mm-hmm. which I did. I think I told the story. Our first rehearsal was September 11th, 2001, mm-hmm. which, of course, we had to cancel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had not seen those actors since then. And I saw Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson, actually, he had been, he's been working at the exit doing the Twilight Zone parodies. Oh, okay. Uh, which is a really, really cool thing. Right. And it's another one of those things that's going away because I, I remember uh, the um, the Darkroom Theater. They used to do right. the, I was the actually parodies. just going to bring up the Darkroom. Yeah. 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 That was really, I mean... It's like CBGB's, CBGB's so of theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when the dark room went dark, and we had that wonderful interview with Jim Fordinaeus, I'm screwing up his name, mm-hmm. who ran the dark room until he was like, you know, me and my wife, we just couldn't afford it anymore. Right. That was going to be my next point. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with the exit. So where do people go? And it's maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's just you know, landlords wanting their money, and you know you can't. It's all of it. It's all because yeah. that's why the exit is gone. Is yeah. is landlords jack the rent? Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, you you know, you were talk. We were talking about you just finished a production of um, Meet John, Meet John Doe, Doe. Yeah. and you were talking about how although you got wonderful reviews, mm-hmm. but you still didn't get a big audience. 
Right. We we had maybe a handful of nights where we had a good size audience. So I do wonder if the very concept of a group of people coming to an event, with the exception of concerts, that's the only thing that I can think of. And a lot of yeah. artists, like recording artists like Beyonce, they'll tell you, hey, I'm not making any money off of streaming mm-hmm. or records. There are no, no such thing as record deals or download purchase, purchases. I have to make my money doing these, you know, events, these um, so arenas. That's why they're so Expensive. Yeah. And Matter of fact, there was a controversy with um, Taylor tic- Swift. Tic- is Ticketmaster? Was it Ticketmaster? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. those thieves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, aside from that, I don't know if people gather anymore. You know what I mean? Well, we haven't been. Yeah. We haven't been allowed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that we are allowed to, we're being asked to make the choice. And some people mm-hmm. are. I really think we're going to have to... Like, I thought about it. I did it with my last playground. I did. I directed a playground piece this month. And the first email I sent out to my cast, I was like, here's the link to the publicity. Please invite all your friends. Mm-hmm. Please make sure you invite people. Mm. Because when it happens and it works... It, you know, I've done at least one or two pieces this year that I thought were sublime mm-hmm. at playground. And you can kind of get them because they stream. So yeah. there's a possibility of capturing that moment. But mostly, no, you're not capturing that moment. It's It happens on stage and then it's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for those actors to get to really invest and make that moment come to life, mm-hmm. if your people were there to see it, your people are going to be much more likely to go, the next time you're doing something, I want to come out and see yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, I mean, going back to Darkroom, I mean, how many, how much of the Darkroom theater crowd actually lives in that area anymore? You, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, like people... People have been pushed out. Yeah, people who right. maybe used to walk to rehearsal or walk to the show. You know, you have some place like San Francisco where you have all of these people who move in, the rent goes up, COVID happens and then they all move to work remotely elsewhere, wherever it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. And now like who lives there, who can afford to live there? And then you got to think about, I mean, it's everything. It's parking, it's food. Like, do people want to drive over? Like I, I last year when I was like going into work all the time, Oh my God, SFMTA hit me with so many parking tickets, Uh, a couple that were ridiculous. And of course it stacks up. And so there was like a couple of weeks where like I hadn't paid those tickets where I was like, I'm not going into San Francisco if I don't need to, because Mm. if SFMTA sees my car there and that I haven't paid those tickets, like what's going to happen to it? Do they still call them the brownies? Maybe that's an old slang oh. that we used to call in D.C. because mm. when they would write the tickets, they would wear brown suits. We call them the brownies. I've never now I don't even know that they have to wear a uniform anymore. Yeah. yeah. But that's sad. And you were also theft. I mean, I working was, in the DA's yeah. office, there's all sorts of ID theft where people break into your cars. Yep. They're not after your radios. They're after your mail. Right. Mm-hmm. So they can take your identification oh, wow. and yeah. create credit cards and say, oh, I've changed. I'm at a new address yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So The commute is just so hard. Sure. I mean, that was the thing yeah. with San Jose. San Jose, if Julian Lopez Marias was yes. in it with me and we carpooled, that's what made it possible. Mm-hmm. To do otherwise, if I have every day, mm-hmm. five, six days a week, driving down to San Jose in the middle of traffic. Ugh. Yeah. And I just heard recently that somebody said, oh, my friend said that they were offered a role in that show. And they said no, because <clears> they didn't <throat> want to do the commute. 
that's one of the things the lockdown has given us, and I hope we don't lose the gift of this, which yeah. is, wow, you don't have to do it that way. You can do it another way, and you can say, no, that's too much. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Yeah. Well, in some weeks, it's like, am I going to spend 20 bucks on a theater ticket, or am right. I going to spend 20 bucks and put that towards my health insurance for the month, or you know, whatever sure. it and, is. Sure, and I imagine people are penny-pinching. Oh, you know, yeah. they're looking at their, their money. I was going to ask you, Norman, so you work with Nick Mandrakia. How was how working with him? Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Because I walk into rehearsal the first day, and I know a bunch of people. Yeah. But there are a few that I don't. And Nick says, no, 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 I was on the yay. And I was like, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, big guy. Yeah, I remember you. Hell yeah. Um, and he was a dream to work with. He was a joy. This he is was in your so last funny. production? In the production in Meet John Doe. Meet John um, Doe. Nick, probably this other actor, was talking about Nick's role, an ensemble role, Mm -hmm. because we had three people maybe who just did a bunch of little roles. Mm -hmm. Nick, um, and it's so funny, the biggest speech he probably had in the whole play, he had to do facing upstage. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Because a video would play, Mm -hmm. and so we really want the audience to focus on that, but he's the voice. Yeah. And so he would come out and then turn around and then start doing this speech. I was yeah. like, oh, man. He's always had great energy. I had asked you because it's probably the first time that you had met someone first on the A and then acted with them. Not the first. Okay. No, I've, I've, I've bumped into a few now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The A. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know that one. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, hey, it's a compliment. And Nick has a wonderful, one, just wonderful energy. He's got great energy. He, oh, my Lord. Too much food, too many things. He brought in goldfish. I didn't know that there were so many different flavors of Oreos. Uh-huh. Okay. There's the one with like the broken caramel chips. Yeah. Uh, there's blondies. There's gluten free. There's double <gasps> stuff. They have a there's gluten free. Life changing. And the gluten free are they're tasty. They're very good. But yeah. uh, you walk in, you're like, oh crap. I didn't eat dinner or I didn't eat much dinner and I've got this table full of food every time I step off stage just sort of going yeah you haven't tried this one and even if you tried that one yeah there's that other one (laughs) you want to compare them you can't help it yeah and Nick just kept bringing them in so we got into this thing where with the goldfish because he also brought in the uh, the rainbow there's goldfish where it's multicolor goldfish so he brought in and the cartons Mm-hmm. They're big. Yeah. It's like a Family giant sized. carton of milk. Yeah. It's like a gallon of milk. It's bigger than a gallon. It's mm-hmm. huge. And you open it up like you would a milk carton and you pour it out. So people just were having trouble saying no. So after a while, somebody would get some and they'd say, damn it, Nick. <laughs> and so it became the thing that you had to, if you were going to have goldfish, you had to say, damn it, Nick. <clears throat> That's funny. funny. The irresistibility of packaging something that looks like something else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, and and then they started baking. It was like the women said, "Oh gosh, we have to show up." Mm-hmm. So brownies and cookies and cakes for birthdays yeah. and every, I would have been so bloated night. and broken out by the end of that run. Yeah. Had I was been trying. Involved. I was trying my best to just keep it down, but even then, I could only yeah. resist so much. But you know, listening to that just from you know the the whole community aspect, even among actors of theater, is hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. I did want to talk about the um, the Altarina thing. Um, oh. <laughs> Well, and that's, I tried to ask Jake about it not yes. long ago, and I didn't really Oh, get Jake Fong. Yes. Would you mind Fong. recapping? 
Sure. Uh, so um, I may have sent you the article, uh, but they, basically Lily Janiak wrote an article detailing. So there were three actors, three people that we know. Yeah. Lamont Rogel, um, who I have uh, stage managed and been on stage with, mm-hmm. and um, Kim Donovan, yep. who I've, I've been on stage with, and also April Deutschley, each of them separately in separate productions by the Altarina, mm-hmm. have had very adverse uh, reactions. Um, Lamont, basically, uh, he was cast uh, in a not, well, a, a role that is traditionally not black. Right. And so he had questions about it, and he got the feeling that the director was irritated by the questions. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, just stop asking questions or whatever. And the director and, was white. Yeah. yeah, the director was white. And I think uh, the, I'm not sure if the artistic director, Katina, was the director. But right. but basically, according to Lamont, these are words of Lamont, mm-hmm. he was told, well, you'll have to re-audition for your role, uh, which is a quaint way of saying you're fired. You're- uh, so that's that. Right. Kim Donovan had questions about COVID policies. What are your COVID policies? And according to her, they didn't have any. It was right. like, well, do whatever you want to do, and you know, we'll work, you know, we'll work with you or whatever. Uh-huh. Which was not good enough for Kim. So right. that was her experience. April Deutschley, um, wonderful actress. She uh, you had was, her on the show. I had her on the show, yeah. and to talk specifically about this, it was the mm. second time on the show, mm-hmm. and she was also cast um, as a. She's a black person, but cast in a non-traditional uh, black role. Mm-hmm. And there was a question about her hair. And the director, a um, guy named Noel uh, shucks, Noel Hayton, um, I, guess, I guess was flustered by right. the question. And, you know, and because of the back and forth, and it was way too much back and forth between management and April, April was like, you know what, I- I'm, I'm just going to quit. Right. So those were the three very separate incidences. Mm-hmm. And Lily Janik of San Francisco Chronicle wrote about it, mm. very, very detailed. And I actually spoke to Miss Janik, you know, just to say, hey, would you like to come on to the yay? She's union, so she really can't. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she supported, you know, um, me. I-, I felt that I sort of had an obligation. And full disclosure, I participated in a right. Altarina production. It's only a play. Right. I didn't have any issue with it. And um Katina Lethiel, I think mm-hmm. is her name. Uh, she directed me. She's the artistic right. director. Um, so basically, I mean, April's interview sort of speaks for itself. You know, she's talked about how she felt that she was mistreated. She didn't want to start. She's not an activist. I even act- asked mm-hmm. her, hey, is this a, an activist thing? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I just wanted to have a good experience as an actor. And I didn't have it. And I felt, you know, sort of like the other. I just had some basic questions. Mm-hmm. I have a right to ask questions. And, you know, that was right. the experience that she had. It's fascinating that, I mean, I've never thought of the yay. You know, we basically talk about our experience that we try to promote people. Right. But it's we sort of, it was the first time that we took a journalistic turn. I didn't talk about current events. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask these softball questions I usually had. I was like, hey, let's talk about this because this is on your mind and I want you to have your own voice. Mm-hmm. And we talked for an hour, April and I. Mm-hmm. And I invited Katina right, on. Right. She said yes. And then she backed out at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to give, you know, full. So as a journalist, Mallory, do you mm-hmm. think that, did you listen to the interview? No. Okay. It's I'm okay. Sorry. It's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You've been you've been busy, but because um, I, I would be interested to see if we did a good enough job. We're not really a journalistic show. I mean, we 
I don't know if we could be or not, but you know, we talk about really, current events. We do right. talk about current events, but as far as I mean, when you think about KCBS, you know, mm-hmm. that has the job to be done is to talk about you know what's, what's going, going on, on what's to going inform on people right. of you know what's happening. And I felt we we had a service to do mm-hmm. on this podcast, not just to promote shows, but people listen to say, "Hey, do I want to work?" At the right. arena, do I want to yeah. work here, work there, whatever, and do I want to work with this actor and all that sort of stuff? Informational, yeah, and we and like the Marin Theater. Remember the the controversy, um, Thomas, Thomas and Sally. Sally. Yep. Yeah. So you know we've talked about that. So, I think, any thoughts at all? <laughs> no, I mean it, you know it's it goes back to it comes back to well where we started with all this. Are people interested in continuing to come out to theater? Do we have a community that's interested in supporting this? Because ultimately, you're going to have that little hardcore community. I just got an email today from Eugene O'Neill folks. Mm-hmm. Um, think they've cast their their next production, and they're going to do that. They have a dedicated audience who wants to come out and see people just do Eugene O'Neill's work. Yay! Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. If that's what you're doing, and that's and everybody who participates knows that's what's going on, then that's what's fine. Mm-hmm. It's when you put it out into the larger community, and then you don't want to be held responsible to some of the standards that the larger community may be promoting right. currently. Right. Yeah, um, that's that's where it gets tricky. Because I mean, I can't say very much good. Oh gosh, I went to I went to the last spot. Richard and I went to the last my spot last favorite week. place. Oh yeah. my god. Um, and we went for karaoke, got there too early, had to wait for Benita to get there. To set everything up. Yeah, we, we, were, we had a good time. Um, down at the end of the bar is Linda, our publicist from Compared to What, which I just directed there in August. Mm. I saw her. I went over to put some money into the jukebox. Mm-hmm. I saw her. I went over to say hi. She kind of gave me the "Don't really know why you're talking to me." I was Ooh. like, "Okay, I'm gonna leave you alone." Yeah, there's a, there's an issue with maskers. Yeah. Well, when I went back to program in a song, <clears throat> I said, "Wait a minute, just remind me how do we know each other?" And I'm like, uh, "You were the publicist on the show that I directed just a few months ago at the Maskers." She said, "Oh my god!" And I was wearing my little holiday hat. Mm-hmm. So I pull off my hat. She sees my hair and she's like, "Oh God, Norman, yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, yes, I, okay. I remember you." Mm-hmm. But I'm like, mm, I just have no problem saying I have n- almost nothing good to say about the maskers. It's a cute little theater. Yeah, I'm glad it's been around forever. And right now, it's a clubhouse for some people who want to make the kind of theater that they want to make. Yeah, which again is fine. The problem is when you reach out to the larger community Mm -hmm. to try and bring them in and you aren't ready to really accommodate them. So simple things like I have a black show. I have an actor who has dreads. We and the play is set in 1926. We have to wig him. Mm -hmm. You can't ask somebody to cut his hair when you're paying a hundred dollars for over two months of their life. Exactly. Um, so no, I'm not going to even, that's not even going to be a conversation. We have to wig him. And my costumer basically said, I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. She just totally backed off of it. And I'm like, well, you in any other theater, you would not be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I would say to the costumer in any other theater, we need to solve this problem. This is an issue of costuming. 
we need to solve this problem or we need to get a specialist in to deal with it. You can't throw your hands up and say, well, maybe he can just keep his hat on and nobody will notice. Tie his dreads back and keep his hat on and nobody will notice. Consult with a black costumer. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there is a network. Well, but they aren't willing to take even the one step in that direction. I'm like, okay, so again, then you do you. But be really clear that the larger community is having a conversation that you choose not to be a part Mm -hmm. of. So let's make it clear to everybody else who's having this conversation, not you. You aren't part of it. Well, and this is a problem across platforms. Like I've read so many accounts of uh, black models, runway models. Oh, yeah. Who who were like, they sent me out there in half up, half down ponytail because they did not know what to do with my hair and it's like that's unacceptable if you are a costumer if you are a designer if you're a hairstylist for whatever platform you're a part of like you need to know how to do different types of hair let's take it out of race if you said you were going to do a fashion show set to mozart's music and you were going to do mozart inspired mozart era inspired themes you would do your epic research, you would learn what that is, yeah. and you would do the goddamn job. And you wouldn't even be like, oh, I don't know how to do this. You'd be like, oh my God, I'm doing yeah. this Mozart thing. But it, but it, beg- it begs the question, why why cast a black person or why cast a person of color? You know, because we, we've all been in the situation where it's like, well, you know, we're going to cast you. And now we're not even going to think about your race or your right. background. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's the script. Just do what we want you to do. Uh-huh. Don't ask any questions. Don't think. Which is, it, 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 bows, it bobbles the mind. I mean, as actors, we don't just look at the script, but we, you know, we do character analysis. We do yeah. research. We, ha- we come up with ideas. You've right. talked about, even before your cast, you'll talk to a director. Hey, I've got an idea for what I want to do with this right. role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually those are great conversations to have. Yeah. Especially if we come from our own experience. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're going to all yeah. bringing our artistic selves to the process, then we should be bringing all that. But, you know, and those things, these reflect on the larger culture. So rather than asking why these people can't get it together, I, I would say it's better to just go to give the warning mm-hmm. <laughs> to people. Watch out for these people because they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. Watch out for what's going on. You know, poor, and I hate to even say poor, that w- Megan the Stallion is in the position that she's in right uh-huh, now. Where yeah. She's being attacked. I'm like, wait a minute. She got shot in the foot. Nobody disputes that. Witnesses testify who, to it. Who's this, attacking her? Tory Lanez. But but the oh, whole well, community yeah. stepped up yeah. for him, partly yeah. because he started off by lying and saying mm-hmm. it didn't happen. And Brought it wasn't his son deal. to trial. I mean, who couldn't even go? It was. I've, I've heard it's cursory about it, and uh, I didn't. But I the mean, fact yeah. is, ultimately, if she's trying to be a successful artist mm-hmm. and does not want to be defined by this, yeah, mm-hmm. she's gonna have to let it go in order for her to move on with her career, and that's a tragedy. But I hope that she's that smart. I would love to see her career go to the next step and us move on and go, oh, yeah, wasn't there that incident that we're now not talking about anymore instead of letting it define her? And, you know, you were talking about trauma. People Mm. don't talk about trauma. I think it's the reason why we do need to because 
when you have something like, you know, Megan the Stallion, there's the trauma of being shot. There's the trauma of having to go to court. Right. And then there's trauma of dealing with the, the negative feedback yeah. Yeah. because the defendant has his crowd or his group of people. Including you know, a bunch of celebrities who came out mm-hmm. in support of him, not her. Yep. Right, exactly. And so, you know, just dealing with all of that and how to cope with that. I've had so many black women say, you know, I feel maligned. I feel totally mm-hmm. maligned. Yeah. They're, cause they're not listened to when it comes to, I mean, a lot of things you think about, you know, uh, I, I don't know the statistic, but I know that, um, in the medical realm, mm. yes. Um, the way that they're not listened to, yes. you know, when it comes to surgery or yep. pain Especially and, pregnancy. Yep. And, and in pregnancy, exactly where they're just not being listened to. Yep. And, um, in fact, being accused of lying about yeah. these things. And it's like, what, why would anyone lie about that kind of thing? It's kind of like when you talk about people who, you know, complain about sexual assault, you know, right. all of that. It's like, what does someone gain mm-hmm. by coming out about it? Because that is traumatic all over again. Yeah. Like, it's right. you, you feel like you're losing either way. So, you know, they... Right. Some people make it harder to speak up. And the system isn't, yeah. So to me, whatever it is, theater, any of it, you have to recognize, well, it's for me specifically, mm-hmm. it's I'm at this place where I'm like, it's, I've started counseling. Mm-hmm. Mental health, like 2023, I want that to be a big mental health yeah. year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the funny thing is I basically had to, I'm going through the VA, mm-hmm. and the VA's mental health system is set up number one to deal with suicide, suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. So they keep coming at you about that. You can't call in without getting the message. When you call in yeah. oh, wow. and they say, if it's an emergency, call this number. And if you're having thoughts of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, tell me which number I can hit so I can stop listening to this crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. Number two is PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I love that nobody is framing it. Definitely nobody in the system is framing it as a you know what? War is actually bad for human beings and definitely bad for the psyche. So a lot of people don't have the mechanism or the tools to deal with it on their own and they come back fucked up and they don't know what to do. So the military is trying to address these things. That's great. I'm like, okay, my issue is a little bit different. My career is going well and it's stressing me out. Mm. Oh, well, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Yes. Or... Maybe I need better support tools. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I loved is my counselor a few weeks ago, after listening to me for a few weeks, said, well, it sounds like you in the last year have kind of lost the support systems you have. I haven't been to the alley. You know me. Yeah. The alley was my thing. And suddenly I went from going at least once a week to missing a month or more. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't. And even when I do go, I generally can't stay the way I used to. I used to close the bar. I definitely was there until the musician was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my thing. That's what I did. Um, I haven't. Richard and I had lunch um, a couple of weeks ago. It's the first time I've had lunch with a friend this fall or winter, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I might have done one or two in the summer. But literally, just almost none. Jeannie, yeah. who I used to see every, like at least every other month. Mm-hmm. Um, 
all of that just sort of fell away. And I went, so I don't think it's the problem that the job isn't working because I've worked my whole life, my whole career has been aiming to get me where I'm at and put me in the rehearsal room and I'm on it and I'm happy. I'm a fish in water. I am so happy. Yeah. Um, but I'm not doing all the other things that I would need to do to support that, to yeah. take care of that. And that's where I feel like, you know, I do, I can, you can put it in a black and white situation. Should I do this or should I not do this? I would prefer to go a third route. I would prefer to go, how can I do this where I bring what I can bring to it, mm-hmm. but don't be afraid of this. The last counselor I talked to, she said, um, so are you telling people that you're, I'm, as part of their system, because the other big one after you get past suicide and um, PTSD is substance abuse. Mm-hmm. And, and I love their definition of drinking is, how many drinks do you have a week mm. you know, on average? And you tell them and then they say, well, our guidelines say seven drinks a week is not a problem. And I'm like, wait a minute. So literally I could have a drink a day and y'all are cool with that. <laughs> okay, that's great. I'm having over 10. Yeah. So let's deal with it. And so I'm in the program. Well, they keep wanting to slot me in these. I'm like, no, I haven't been pulled over. I'm yeah. not dealing with the court system. I'm not being threatened by my job. My wife is not threatening to leave me. None of that is going on. I'm letting you you define what the problem is. And I'm saying, okay, by that definition, maybe I have a problem. Now, what is my problem? My problem is I'm getting opportunities I haven't gotten. I do wonder. And I don't know how to deal with yeah. it. My problem is... I'm not making, when I had nothing to do, I went to all these other things. I had my friends and my support systems and I had all that. I put all that on the shelf to make time to do all the theater I'm doing. I need to find that balance. Yeah, I um, when listening to that, I do wonder when when you hear you know, like uh, doctors and hospitals and caregivers and things like that, mm-hmm. whether they're asking these questions because they really care or because they're worried about litigation. They have a checklist. Yeah, I, I watch they do them have as a they checklist. check it off. Yeah, yeah. And, and the crack up was so part of like I just made the appointment today. They do a thing they called fundamentals, mm-hmm. um, and that's to make sure that you try to go through the stages with them of what this work is. Yeah. And they asked me one time, where do I think I am? I said, I think I'm at stage three. The one that talks about getting counseling and looking at how you can set your life up better to support you Mm -hmm. without doing the negative things that are destructive things. That's where I'm at. I don't have a problem saying, oh, I should slow down my drinking. Yeah. Or stop drinking if it really feels like it's a problem. Um, So I'm at that point. And I'm like, what I want is you to help me build a system that positively takes me forward. That's what I want. Well, I think we just get categorized too easily. I think it's, I mean, I talk to people about the education educational system all the time because mm-hmm. in my short time teaching, especially in like, you know, teaching theater and stuff and in underserved communities and stuff, it's, Mm -hmm. you see that people are too easily categorized. Like we're not really looked at as individuals or like as these like fluid beings that Mm -hmm. we are. They're like, okay, you have depression. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Right. You are this or like maybe like, you know, like I've been trying to tell my 
therapist for a while, like, I think I have ADHD. In fact, I know I have it. Mm-hmm. But they are very much not wanting to categorize it mm-hmm. because right. I don't check off the boxes that are on their paper. The right. proverbial exactly. boxes. Yeah. These boxes that have been created maybe a long, 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 long time ago. Yeah. And it's 2022. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny. What I love is they're taking notes. Yeah. And so I talked to this one woman a couple of weeks ago, and she says, well... So I, I I hear you're retired, and I said no, and because I know where it came from. I am saying one of the issues that I am dealing with is when is it time to retire? I don't think I should retire too early, but at the same time, I'm definitely happy to have the option now, and I can go fuck the dumb shit. I don't want to put up with that. I don't want to sit in that traffic. I don't want somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing trying to tell me what to do when we're on the clock and we could actually get this done more efficiently if you just shut the fuck up and get out of my way. Well, I'm thinking, like, going back to, like, theater and mm-hmm. artists, yeah. I also think that um, that lifestyle or that um, the, that way of living isn't mm-hmm. looked at as like this traditional way of living. They're like, right. okay, well, how old are you? You must be retired. And it's like, right. no, I'm an artist. I'm going to do this for as long as I can. Yep. And maybe just because I might not have a nine to five mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm not working or like they just, I feel like they just well, don't really I know how to. I identified it as a problem, but my problem is I don't feel like there's a good source of information for how one does that well. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a way where what you're really doing is opting out of working. And that, everybody can talk to you about. That yeah. the system is there for. But what do you do? And the thing is, I decided when I was a young man, because I'll never forget going with my grandfather to borrow some tools from a peer of his who said, yeah, I got a garage full of tools. I can't use them. So come, mm. come get whatever you need. We got over there. The guy couldn't make eye contact. Mm. He could not finish a sentence. And his hands shook so bad, Mm. he couldn't touch the garage full of tools that he had. He had just retired a couple of months, maybe four months earlier. He died a couple of months later. Oh, my God. And I went... Oh hell no 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 not going down that path. Yeah, yeah I can I can share a similar story very very quickly. Mm-hmm. We had a uh, individual working in our office. I worked for the DA's office, and of course he talked as most of us talk about when are we going to retire. We're looking at the calendar, mm-hmm. and you know it's going to be this. Matter of fact, uh, today a good friend of mine who sits next to me, he will be retiring in February. But in any case, mm-hmm. the, we had a secretary who. It was like, you know, 30 years, and when I'm 60 years old, I'll get the maximum retirement, 75%. You know, yep, that'll yep, be yep, the brass yep. ring and all that stuff. Yep. To make a long story short, he died. Yeah. He yeah. died, uh, I think, in his sleep. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And it was so sad. And I know for a fact that we were his family. He really right. didn't have anything else. Yep. Um, you know, his mom had passed away, and he had issues with his brother, and yeah. we're the ones who cared about yeah. him i mean yep, you know yep. we made sure the work wasn't that bad and we had cookies and stuff and we did the communal thing mm-hmm. and i do wonder about community getting back to theater i think isolation has caused a lot of issues you know that's one of the things yep. we don't talk about with COVID 19 i do wonder how people in general are dealing with being cooped up not being able to go to the communal things can't like go anywhere right theater or whatever not and how it affects our yep. mental health yep. and also it's, it's funny, I took a class, it was one of those uh, requirements that we uh, take uh, for being a mentor, 
mm-hmm. for um, it's like crisis mentoring or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I took it back in 2014. I even have the plaque. I even put the plaque up to earlier today at my office. Mm-hmm. And I lamented to myself, okay, so I took this class and I made an announcement. A couple of us did. Hey, if you have any issues, if you want to talk, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you can come and write to me or whatever. That was 2014. Right. It's never happened. Right. People really don't want to talk. I mean, you you know, you're open to talk about your trauma, they're, but a lot of people don't. They're not invited to. Yeah. yeah. And and if you go back the generation before me, you would lose your job. Yeah. If somebody right. knew that you were in therapy, you could lose a job. You could probably have a spouse divorce you. Yeah. Just going, there's something mentally wrong with you. I even had a girl uh, girlfriend way back when. Mm-hmm. I tried to talk to her about, you know, some personal thing. She was like, I don't want to hear that. Right. I just, I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, because it was, and she wasn't being rude. Mm-hmm. I mean, you maybe think just of it as rude. She didn't have the capacity. She didn't I have guess. the capacity, and you know, there are a lot of people who are like that, which is sad. Because I mean, anyone can talk to me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that April was like, hey, and I asked April, you may not want to talk about this because you already did a thing with the Chronicle, and right. you may not. It's right. up to you. Yeah, and she said, yeah, I do want to talk about it. Well, I feel like that's that is what the to me that is what the A is. And it has been exciting every time we've, like, when we audition, uh, audition when we got to talk to Dawn. Uh, Dominic Williams, yeah. You're coming from Ashland, and now you're at the Aurora? Yeah. Fuck, that's pretty sweet. That's great. John Tracy. John, John Tracy, Tracy is now the artistic director of, Marin. I have this written down. It's a summer, yeah, he's a summer program um, yeah. at uh, Marin Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm happy I think it's thrilling that we get to talk to those people who are in positions of power. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's success. But it's no less success for that mom who has done her theater thing and then stepped away Mm -hmm. because she decided family was important. And now she's considering whether or not she can come back and how she comes back. And what's exciting is, of course, she can come back. Well, it's like that she's whole... not going to be the ingenue anymore. Yeah. But there are other roles that yeah. still need filling. And if you're solid well, it's and like, committed. It's like that whole thing where you, like if you've been maybe out of work for a year for whatever reason right. it is, yeah. which is yep. people's own business. So it's like, how do you explain this gap in your resume? Who right. gives a shit with that gap in the resume? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Unless yep. I like hurt someone or right. I did something <coughs> really bad. It's like, right. what does yeah. it matter if I have a gap in my resume? It's funny that you mentioned that because one cool thing. So I will be stage managing three girls productions. They're doing a production of Tasha. Nice. Okay. Uh, big money. But I submitted my resume and I had not, you probably know this, I had not done a stage managing job since 2019. Right. One, because of COVID-19, and also it wasn't paying enough. I wanted to get on stage. I wanted to get into writing, and yeah. people were sort of pissing me off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to do a lot of attitudes valid. with, uh, with and, folks. And, <laughs> valid. And I, and I would love to talk to people more about like resumes and things, because yeah. what you do in that situation is you say, these are the things that I've been doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I my stage management... If there's a gap in my stage management, mm-hmm. but it's because I was on stage. It's because I was producing. It's right. because I was doing these other things. It's because I took off a year to take care of my mom. Exactly. Right. And like what happens in that gap, I mean, still makes you, I mean, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I took some years off of radio and, you know, journalism and all of that, but I was yeah. off doing some other stuff and it, it informs who I am now as yeah. a journalist. And you come back hungry. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you're yeah. not burned out. Yeah. You're, you're the opposite of burned life, out. You're life like, experience oh, I got has capacity been. for this. Yeah. No, nothing drives you to like hustle more than like taking care of you know like family and like personal business for a year because after yeah. that you're like i'm ready so i do feel like that's that's something we've done and i know for us with with our scheduling mm-hmm. it's been tricky because there are so many people i want to thank this year because they said hey would you be willing to do this and i was like yeah i've got time i'll do that and then as soon as i say that the phone rings hey are you available for this job okay yes i'm i'm sorry i i can't do this other thing or (laughs) we're gonna have to squeeze it in and that's been a huge Mm -hmm. issue and it doesn't you know knock on wood it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon but i'm like more and more like the day that i had lunch with richard i got a call about a job and i'm like no I've been looking forward to this. I want to go hang out with my friend. I've been begging him for months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a couple of months, I'd been talking about it, and there'd always be this one little narrow window of when I was available, and he wasn't. Yeah. And finally, we could both get it together, and I was like, oh, no, this means a lot to me. God, I'm going to go to all the other work that I do, mm-hmm. so nourished by the fact that I got to sit for a couple of hours and just hang out with my friend. Yeah. Well, I think the the really cool part about where we're at and kind of going back to the, uh, was it Alterina Alterina Theater, um, working with other theater companies, asking for what it is that you want. I think hopefully we are getting better or feeling more comfortable with telling people where we are at, what it is that we need. Mm -hmm. And, um, in this last episode that we did on workplace, which will be out next week, yeah. you know, you think about all of these different factors that go into life. Like we we're talking about commuting, um, right. health insurance, like mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. your personal well-being, your relationships, not sacrificing family time or friend time. That like very needed, you know, enriching experiences, um, being able to pay your bills or whatever it is, even having time to just lay in your bed yeah. for an hour scrolling yep. through your oh, phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like we are, I think hopefully we are recognizing what it is that we want and these theater companies or these employers are just going to have to deal with it. And like, if exactly. they don't want the to ones let be left behind. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. Interesting. yeah. Because just because you've hired someone, doesn't mean that you own them and right. they're going to, they're still a, a fluid human being. Right. And, you know, especially when it comes to theater, you would think it, it blows my mind that any artistic director or director would not understand that you really, you know, when an, when an artist says, Hey, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with mm-hmm. this. Can we talk about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the time when you need to just and say, yes, let's find time. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, during rehearsal or a little after rehearsal. But yep. this is an actor and, you know, our emotions, that's our currency. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. you can't you can't mess with that. I was going to ask you guys, and it is seven, we're so yeah. we're, yeah. <laughs> what has 2022 been for you? I was, I was earlier today, I was re- writing down all of the events that have happened in the world. <laughs> Uvalde shooting, death of Queen Elizabeth, the Russian-Ukraine war, January 6th community, the Trump raid, fall of Roe, Will Smith slap, <laughs> immigration convoys in blue states. As a matter of fact, they just pulled, they sent a convoy to Kamala Harris's home. Oh, right, yes. 
Uh, midterm elections, uh, Liz Cheney, Herschel Walker, George Santos. Have you heard about this? Yes. This is the guy who says, oh, well, asshole. I'm Jewish. I'm not right. Jewish. Right. Um, and I was just making a joke. Brittany Griner. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The FTX yeah. Uh, thing. That's the cryptocurrency that took down millions of dollars and from people. Yeah, we're going to you can go home you, you, just because you, you know, soaked people for hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. But has it been – have you had a good year? I have had – what kind of year has it been? It's been kind of all over the place, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this list just quickly, yeah. and it's like uh, death of Queen Elizabeth. I feel a way about the monarchy yes. and royals and all of that because, mm-hmm. like, what have they done for me? Nothing. Right. Yeah. Um, the Will Smith slap, what has he done for me? Um, right. What has A lot of these are just rich folks, you know – that, going through issues. And, and that's what I'm saying. I, I think it. over the pandemic, and it's not just 2022, but I think it's where it's come to a head. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, people are realizing or coming to terms with the fact that, yes, it's interesting discourse, right? Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting look at like human behavior, mm-hmm. but like they haven't done anything for me. Maybe right. shaped culture a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. that's like very mm-hmm. interesting stuff, but like, I, I think, yeah, <laughs> but I think um, many people are becoming sort of um, disenchanted with the concept of celebrity. And I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of, uh, I'm optimistic about that, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but for 2022, uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but I got to go to Guatemala yeah, with, you and Carmelo with my guy. Been, you guys have just been growing and growing. I mean, it's been <laughs> wonderful seeing that. Yeah. 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 So we, we had a great time and mm-hmm. it was very relaxing and our friend lives out there and um, it is just... Uh, everyone was everyone there was really nice I felt safe and Mm -hmm. um it's beautiful Mm -hmm. and um you know I think as always you kind of gain a lot of perspective when you travel to poorer countries where they're you know you see the way that they live and I think that like from the outside you're like why are they stuffing themselves in these chicken buses to get to where they're going that's I mean, that's how they get around. That's right. that's their everyday life. They yep. go, they provide for their families, and mm-hmm. they live, and they right. survive, and they enjoy their time with each other, and that's important. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, some of this other stuff that we have and that we do, it's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I think being somewhere where it's just being together, being able to have food on the table, or, mm-hmm. you know being able to afford to ride the boat to our Airbnb or, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, you just be, you're really grateful for, for what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So I went, I went through that when I went to India, I went to India to visit a lady friend of mine and, you know, they live very, very simplistic, idealistic, you know, like, you know, 4,000 rupees, I think $60. And yeah. you know, that could, that's, that was her salary. And, you know, uh-huh. she could do all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, man, that's what I pay for my phone bill. Right. Uh-huh. Um, yep, exactly. So it, it gives you perspective. Yeah. But it sounds like he had a, he had a good year. I it mean, was, you know, yeah. Yeah. KCBS is doing, year. treating you well. And I got to do a lot of really cool stories this year, too. Like, I started hosting my own, uh, we have our Bay Current. Um, it's like, it's mm-hmm. twice a week now. It used yeah. to be daily. Um, but, you know, kind of our flagship. Um, mm-hmm podcast Mm -hmm. there um so i did a bunch of stories and got to do some original reporting on Mm -hmm. like 
uh, the first 420 back at Hippie Hill yeah, and, right you know, the normalization of <laughs> right. cannabis culture. Yeah, and, right. that's right. Um, I mean, like, being able to, like, just smoke and mm-hmm. sell weed in Golden Gate Park where right. I, when I was in college at SF State, I mean, we all went there and did it. And, like, the cops didn't really bother you because there's too many people right. and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But, like, it wasn't legal and now you just go and there's a stage and Mm. there's music and there's cops like as security security. and like it's just like it's so weird so yeah yeah, i got to report on that and um uh i don't know if you guys have heard of la russell he's this vallejo rapper and he throws um concerts from his backyard in vallejo Uh and they're all of his like merchandise all of his concerts are pay what you can and he like bought out an eatery in downtown vallejo for Mm. two months yeah and people could go and eat there Mm -hmm. for free or whatever however much they wanted to pay Mm -hmm. and just the way that he was able to redefine the rules of being a musician that's that's like old school rap i mean i remember in the 70s there would be like these street parties and that's sort of the origins of you know of rap here in the united states he's just bringing it back you know and he got i think it was vans or puma he was able to get like a puma sponsorship and instead of like Mm -hmm. i think they wanted to fly him out somewhere and he was like no i'm shooting this this commercial in Vallejo like on my street and it's down the street from where i went to high school so like you know i i you know, we went in for the interview and he was hella cool and his mom was in the living room, couple mm-hmm. of dogs and, you know, in the in the living room too, a bunch of sweaters piled high in the garage where they're selling the, like, right. shipping albums and the mm-hmm. sweaters and stuff. And yeah. But he's made a big name for himself uh, across, like, the modern hip-hop world and mm-hmm. the fact that he's able to do that and, like, really just hone in on, like, some, like, V-Town shit. Like from V Town right. is like a big deal, so it was it was cool being able to to do all of that work and kind of find my voice and mm-hmm. um, take charge in that way. So. That's fantastic! I got to check that out. How was how was your how was your year, Norman? My year. So um, Richard's birthday is January seventeenth, mm-hmm. and we got together last year not on his birthday, but uh, we got together. And we did a little tarot, a tarot reading. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And and I love those cards. In fact, I made it my my little banner on my Facebook page for most of the year. Um, and the central character of it was the fool. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. It's an amazing card mm-hmm. um, because he is stepping off of an abyss. Mm-hmm. He is stepping. He doesn't know where he is going, but he is hopefully he's looking up. And stepping forward confidently, mm-hmm. and that's where he's going. And I feel like that was the image I wanted. I actually, you know, because when you shuffle the cards, you're supposed to, you know, what is it you're looking for? And I was like, I'm looking for that. I am looking for this energy that's going to take me someplace, and I'm not sure where it's going to be, mm-hmm. um, but I'm ready for it. And that's been true from the beginning of the year. I kept getting calls for things where I was just like, Okay, um, sure, yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to try that. And it's been fantastic. Um, And it's been, the whole year has been like that. And so 2023, the thing I know I'm doing, or at least I'm scheduled to do at this point, is to go to Paris. Yep, again. Fancy. I know, to go back to Paris. So um, I'm excited about that. And and I was able to shape... 
Yeah. Word for word. Yeah. I was able to shape... Yeah, we're doing Home, uh, George Sounders' Home. It's a beautiful short story. Oh. A Rocky Vet Comes Home, 2011 yeah. is when it's set. And what's so funny is at that point, the sort of fear that we have now of shootings and things wasn't as heightened. It felt heightened back then, but it's nothing compared to what we're living now. And so in the story, it's not even mentioned or suggested. It really isn't. Just the slightest hints of it. But because of where we are now, we're just on pins and needles as an audience trying to take this in. So it's exciting. And I was able to work the year kind of going, well, if I get this, then I can take care of the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. If I get this, then I can set up the beginning. So that's where I'm at now. I'm like, if I don't take anything else before I start for rehearsals for that, I could probably get by. I can definitely pick up some other work if I need to. Um, But part of me is like, oh, I I may not need to. And that puts me in the (laughs) position of, well, what's out there that I would like to do? What's interesting to do? And I can let go of all the... Oh, like somebody's doing, uh, I don't, it's an August Wilson, two trains running or something like that Mm. is about to go up. And I was like, oh, I wanted to be considered for that. (laughs) But I'm like, oh, it's happening when I'll be in Paris. Yeah, I think I'm okay. (laughs) That's okay. I can miss that. Actually, fun fact, when I was 20, I went to study abroad in Paris Mm -hmm. and um, I was taking an English class in the the program I was a part of was at DVC. It was a community college. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so we, each of the community colleges in the program, we took a, one of our teachers with us. Mm-hmm. And our te- one of our teachers, I think it was an English teacher, she brought us to a word-for-word play. Oh. And Margot Hall was in it, and Yay. she was my acting teacher oh, at wow. Berkeley Rep. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, I went up to her, and I was like, hi. She's like, what? <laughs> crazy it happens pretty much every tour that somebody shows up and kind of goes what are you guys doing here it's like what are you doing here (laughs) no it'll be fun um and it'll be fun as a career thing it's wonderful and it's exciting and i'm and i'm thrilled to have the opportunity but it really makes me think about the bigger picture of what my life is and what i want to be doing and i'm like i really don't need to fill in a whole lot that's a nice little peek (laughs) For yeah. 2023. So if other things happen, that'd be great. Yeah. But if everything else just gets quiet after that, that'll be okay too. I think I can handle it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm... And for the larger theater scene, I'm hopeful that we will start thinking about ways to get people back in. Because just like public transit, the numbers are not back yet. Yeah. And yet... At, you know, if you believe in society, these are really benefits to society. They're an important part of society. I think live performance is a huge... You can see people experience it. You can see what it means to them that's different than going to a movie or, or just seeing something on yeah. your own. And so I'm hoping 2023 is us as theater community, as theater companies, start figuring out how we can entice people back I think accessibility yeah. is going to be a big part of that too. yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say Playground San Francisco I really like what Jim Kleinman is doing he's mixing live theater with streaming right so even if you don't want to come to the theater I mean streaming yes it's a video and it's a different thing yeah. but it's still live theater I mean it's yeah. almost like you know live in front of a studio audience sort yeah. of thing yeah. so I can see theater companies if they're savvy enough 
going in that direction. Well, and, and we are, that was what I sent to my actors this month. I was like, here's the link to the mm-hmm. tickets page. Mm-hmm. If people make a reservation, it's pay what you can. So yeah. if you don't want to pay anything, that's fine. But if you get the ticket and somehow you don't see the live performance, it's on demand. Yeah. For five days. Yeah. You can see it at your leisure yeah. and you can share it with other people. Mm-hmm. If we can start to get people to recognize that. And my suspicion is that if you stream it, part of you is going to be like, I need to be there. Because you're seeing right. the stage. You're, you're seeing like, the whole oh. thing. So I need to be there. I enjoyed this. Yeah. I need to be there so I can get the full experience. I think I think Jim is finding a good balance with it. I hope. I know that um, Tabard... Type of theater. That's right. Some of that too. Well, um, I know that when, um, like, when Carmelo was in the Lamplighters show, he was mm-hmm. in the Gilbert and Sullivan Review yeah. uh, anniversary. Um, I mean, you know, those opera tickets are not cheap, right. um, and so I was able to get comped. Um, but his family got to watch from home, yeah, and the kids got to be like, "That's Uncle that's Mello," awesome. and they got to see him sing. And it's like, when else are you going to be able to get like four? Right six-year-olds and then like your mom and your sisters and like all of these people to be able to watch you all at once without breaking the bank yeah um and I, so i think, think that's been really important the possibility so that's what i want to look at 2023 and i want to look at 2022 as bridging us mm-hmm. in that direction but i'm i'm hopeful yeah. that that we will start to look at new ways of being community ways of coming back to the community that we appreciated and see if we can't make this happen. Yeah. yeah. What about you? 2022. Well, 2022, um, my goals were purely financial. I wanted to get rid of uh, a lot of my debt, my credit card debt, which I did. Mm-hmm. Yay! Uh, which was awesome. <laughs> That's the dream. Uh, and it's funny. I was just writing. I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to dwell too much, but there were a lot of pleasant surprises. I mean, I had in the beginning of 2022, not planned on auditioning for anything. I had said, hey, I'm going to think of myself more as a writer mm-hmm. than an actor. And then all of a sudden, all of these opportunities just, you know, I felt like a Norman G. It's like, hey, people are calling me, needing me. So I got to do pair slices. Both of us were going. Oh, I I can't do that because I have a rehearsal. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So I did pair theater at the uh, pair slices at the pair theater cool. at Mountain View, which is really cool. Working on wonderful pieces by um, oh and Yubi Kabori and oh, Linda right. Mayo Hassan yeah, and yeah, really yeah. really cool and touching the stage of a new theater that I hadn't worked with before. Bindle Stiff called and, you know, I got to do that and that was wonderful. I always loved being on Bindle Stiff. Mm -hmm. So that was great. And, you know, being paid, uh, you know, appropriately, which which is really, really cool. There was the Altarina and, you know, um, we've talked about the Altarina, but they gave me a nice piece of steak as far as a lead role. Yep. So I got a good experience out of that. So that's pleasant, you know, being, we've talked about it, Norman, you know, being middle-aged, you know, black guys, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, sometimes we don't have those opportunities of, um, I don't know, being in the main, main stage. So mm-hmm. it's it's always wonderful to to have that. And in the Bindlestead thing, I was a love interest. So I was right. like, okay, that's cool. That's important, yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, I mean, I had my bike stolen. Uh, uh, luckily, financially, yeah. I was able to, you know, get another bike. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I wasn't hit like I would, you know, in the past. I'll be like, oh, my God, how am I going to afford this? Right. And I've had to deal with that. I've been healthy. Uh, the job has treated me very well. I've had great opportunities to, you know, to do that. I'm not going to talk about the convictions that we've had <laughs> in our office, but, <laughs> oh, but we're doing pretty good. But there have been, you know, there's turmoil. I've always felt that 
when bad thing when turbulent things happen or when changes happen, the people who we talk about mental health, the people who have good mental health or mm-hmm. they they know the change is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I always use the John Facenda, you know, John Facenda was the announcer for NFL films. He would oh. always say pain is inevitable if you, right. you know, listen uh, to the 70s okay. things. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about life. You know, you're going to get hit. Mm-hmm. If you go through life thinking I want to avoid pain, <laughs> you're, you're going to have pain. It, the, the thing is, yeah. how can you handle it? Or you're going to do nothing. Like you're so busy in yeah. avoiding. Yeah. yeah, in the beginning of 2022, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, Jason Bowden was the DA. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, he, right. and then yeah. he got swept out. And mm-hmm. now there's Brooke Jenkins. And mm-hmm. so that was turbulence in our office. And it's like, hey, mm-hmm. can we keep our known to the ri- nose to the rhinestone and just yep. keep working? Yep. Yeah. Um, because the work is still there and we just have to power on regardless of what's happening around us. Yeah, I, I would agree. There's chaos. 2022 was chaotic. <laughs> Non-stop. Yeah. And, and I want 2023 to be boring. Quieter. <laughs> Please have boring. I would well, like to wake up and not go, okay, if I check my phone, right. what is going to happen? And that's kind of where <laughs> we're at. I mean, I pick up my phone and I'm like, this is, I don't need, I don't need to look this. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. to scroll through and I'm like, no. Yeah. And when we talk about mental health and I'll, you know, park it now. <laughs> but the yay has been fantastic for me. I don't know how it's been for you, mm-hmm. but... I enjoy, and even the folks, you know, when you haven't been around, mm-hmm. getting guest hosts, you know, yeah. uh, you know, people have been pleasantly surprised. And people have even said, wow, I feel honored that mm-hmm. you would bring right. me on. Yeah. And I don't think they're just saying it just to no, say somebody it. somebody asked me, somebody, or said, uh, Rich, talk to me about being the, the, you know, the guest host. And I was like, yay, do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... You know, we're entering our seventh year. I'm a little, I'm shocked by it. That so I, I hope that we, you know, if we ever get tired, I always ask you, hey, if you're tired, do you want to, you know, cut it out or whatever? No, and, I'm, you know. I'm always happy to look at where we're at and what, where to take it next, mm-hmm. you know, to keep it fresh, to keep it, you know, meaningful. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping in the coming year that we will look at earlier, early Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think that'll be easier to work around. What I love is actors are, are mostly lazy. <laughs> so they don't want to do that early morning rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, well then I'll get up and we can do the early morning. Yay. Mm-hmm. And then I can still get some place at noon or one o'clock and have yeah. a full rehearsal. That's all good. Yeah. I like that. And if our guests like it, that's, that's cool too. <laughs> yeah. So oh, we'll find people. So I'm thankful for the yay. I'm thankful to survive 2022. Oh man, yeah. And onwards and upwards to 2023. Yeah. Onwards and upwards. <laughs> uh, before we close, there are two shows. I'm not going to get into a whole list. Mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty is still going on. It closes tomorrow. Who's Echo Yam- Sleeping Beauty? Uh, that is Presidio Theater. Echo Yamamoto. Oh, oh crap. Sharon Shaw mm-hmm. are in the show. Mm-hmm. And I'll have a link to that. And... Um, Next year, um, Town Hall Theater is doing Nane, written by Molly Aulis Cross. It was a wonderful interview. Is that, that Filipino? We did. She's Philippine slash Jewish. Oh, so Nanai? Yeah, Nanai. Nanai. Yeah, Nanai. Oh, I'm pronouncing it wrong. That's yes, okay. <laughs> That's okay. We're all learning. Yeah. And that will be uh, January the 20th, 21st, 27th, and 28th. I'm mm-hmm. so happy that Town Hall Theater are bringing in, they're bringing in, you know, Molly Alacross, who is a relatively young, budding playwright who is incredibly talented. I think that she's done a bunch of stuff for Playground. Playground. Yes, she is. Yeah. Oh, cool. I am am familiar with some of her stuff. Yeah. 
and uh, uh, and later on, which and, is also uh, exciting <laughs> to me that there's a lot of playwrights that I've gotten to know. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of know you now. <laughs> and uh, three girls uh, theater, will, they will be doing Tasha, which is based on an individual black woman who was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, by law enforcement and so yeah. that's going to be a very special thing mm-hmm. and when I get more information on that I'll post that they don't yeah. have the website and all that stuff that'll be done at Z-Space oh nice yeah nice so um, the Mime Troupe has um, and it's only or tomorrow I think is the last show Red mm-hmm. Red Carol their um, Christmas Carol yeah um, Michael Gene Sullivan and, and the ensemble have crafted um, and Jed Pisario, among many nice. other people, um, <laughs> is in it. Yeah. And so, um, oh, uh, yeah, um, Brian uh, Rivera is in it. I, I didn't know he nice. was until I saw a picture the other day. And I was like, <laughs> oh, damn, I know a lot of people. Yeah. And, so, um, and I'm unfortunately going to, I'm not unfortunately going to Reno. I'm happy I'm going to Reno, but that means I won't be able to see it. That's yeah. Mm. Um, Alan Coyne is in a film. Confessions of a Well-Meaning Man, directed by Diana Lauren Jones. Nice! So that's on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'll have a link to that. So I saw that, and I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Are we doing birthdays, or are we just closing it up? (laughs) Um, I I didn't pull up any birthdays. I didn't pull up any birthdays either. Upcoming birthdays? End of the years. Upcoming birthdays. My mom's is January 10th. Hey! Hey, My mom is January the the 4th. Hey, Capricorns. Yeah, Capricorns. Yeah. So <laughs> there are not enough Capricorns, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom has such great energy. It was wonderful doing the yeah. very last thing I did theater wise for twenty twenty two was of course the Baldwin project. Yeah. And we'll have to talk about what the next What's stages next are for that. The Baldwin project, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, um Erlina has just such great energy. Erlina's yep. so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I know. Love her. All righty. Well, Thank everyone for us for for helping the yay the people who have bought yay jerseys. Thank you so much. We still have them thirty dollars black and white. Uh, we're on um, SoundCloud. We're on um, Spotify. Um, we're on really all podcast apps. So check us out. As always, the A is created by theater people for theater people. I'm on Mastodon as well. Mastodon oh, is the newest. Mastodon. Yes, okay, so <laughs> and I'm R-I-P hoping Twitter. that we can get the yay on to that as well. <laughs> so the A is created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. We're at the Yay Three. That's our Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and I think we'll have our Mastodon feed up as well. I'll work on that. Mm-hmm. I'm at Reg Space Clay. I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mallory, you're at Equites. Equite. Equite. Yeah, E C zero U T E Z. Yeah. So like people want to hit you up. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you guys for coming. This is a wonderful way to end the year. Happy 2023. (laughs) Absolutely. And as Norman and I always say, we we gotta gotta find a better sign off, and we are out.